Artful Homes to participate in it. And she forwarded the email on to, to me and said, hey, you guys should get in contact with these uh, with this film crew and see and tell them about Climate Clever. And that's what I did. And when I did tell them about it, they were like, hey, this sounds like a, yeah, we'd love to yeah. um, have you guys on the show. So it just sort of went from, from there. But that's, that's the power of the community and the supporters that you have as well. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny Western Australia. My name's Carly Norman. And I'm Charlie Gunningham. And in this episode, we're talking with the founder and CEO of Climate Clever, Dr. Vanessa Rowland, and also the CTO and co-founder, Alexander Karan. Hi, Vanessa and Alexander. Welcome to Startup West. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Can you briefly tell us about Climate Clever, what it does and how it's all going? Sure. Um, so Climate Clever is a, a suite of apps now that help the community to reduce their carbon footprint and save money on their utility bills. We actually have an app now for schools, homes, and we'll be launching a business one soon as well. So it really is um, helping the whole community. And we partner with councils as well who really mm-hmm. um, like seeing the data that, that comes out of the app from the users. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going really well at the moment. Uh, we're probably growing by 100 users every three days. So What? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty all hands on deck at the moment. Yeah. So how many schools, unis, councils? Mm. So we've just grown substantially since um, our uh, we were featured on Fight for Planet A on ABC's TV show in Ooh. August. So that's actually been yeah really, really uh, helpful for us. So we've, we've now got 80 schools across Australia in every state and territory, which is very exciting. Mm. And, and then the rest of them are made up by homes. But off the top of my head, I can't remember how many... Too many to count. Yeah, just, yeah it's, just, it's starting to get that way. Yeah. I think it's definitely over a thousand at the moment uh, yeah. households, um, and we also have twelve council partners. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So, what exactly does it help people do? Calculate their carbon footprint, something yeah. like that. So it's based it's based on three steps: measure, order, action. So the app first helps them to calculate the carbon footprint. There's a, a bit of a mantra in this field: you can't manage what you don't measure. So you first have to understand what you are consuming. So we, we look at cost consumption and we convert that into carbon emissions. The next mm. step is audit. So the the either the homes or the schools will go around the building and count all the different types of um, appliances that are consuming resources. So taps and oh, well, yeah, taps and toilets, but also mm. lights and computers and air conditioning right. and everything. Yeah. Anything uh, that consumes resources. You know, we've got a growing database that we continuously add to like on a weekly basis at the moment as well. And then that helps to feed into the action plan. So the action plan, we have a whole bunch of um, ideas for actions they can implement from no cost behavior change all the way through to um, retrofits and upgrades, which might have a cost with them. And it's up to the users to pick and choose what they want to mm. implement. And then they can actually start to see and track what impact that's having on their cost, um, but also their carbon emissions. Yeah, but it's um, the really, really cool part about the action plan is that if there's something in there that you want to do that we don't have, you can create your own action. uh, Mm. And then when you update it to let us know how it went, our system deems whether it was successful or not. And then we'll add that in to the database for other users to see and for them to implement as well. So Mm. it's kind of like this peer learning platform. Great. So it sounds like this is a huge project that you've undertaken. So what did you see before you started the development that was being used in the marketplace already? What led you to develop Climate Clever? Well, yeah, so this is the exciting thing is that there were lots, not lots, there were 
scattered sort of carbon calculators out there. None of them were super duper accurate. Um, there was a very few sort of audit tools um, and there was when it comes to action plans, it's more, more just sort of lists that people would provide. Mm. Um, so what we've really done is, is combine three almost standalone apps and integrate them and that's what is so unique about um, our platform and they all sort of feed into each other and the data, you know, goes from one, one section to the next section to inform it. Um, yeah, so the, the, the competition was actually quite small. It right. has been quite small. Yeah. Or scattered, I think, as mm. well, like that people just focus in one area um, plus, we have a few things that make us quite unique as well, which really help us stand out, such as our carbon calculator. The way that works is pretty special. Mm. Yeah. And uh, if I can just jump back to sort of where we began, um, yeah. this all started from when I helped to certify the first carbon neutral school in Australia. That was back in 2012. And that was the, the inspiration behind all this was because once we helped them do that, we realized this is far too hard for schools to, right. to undertake on their mm. own. Um, we were using Excel spreadsheets. There was nothing really out there that could help them um, do that process. So that was sort of the the idea of like, let's actually create a platform that, that would make it easy and takes all that complexity out of it for them. Did this come from your PhD work originally? It sort of did. It was while I was doing my PhD and right. um, my professor, Peter Newman, at the time asked me to volunteer to help uh, this, this school. At Curtin, at, yeah. Was yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and my colleague, Dr. Samantha Hall, and I, we were both PhD students at the time, so we kindly volunteered. We thought it would take about a week. Uh, <laughs> it was like nine months of right. uh, hardcore carbon accounting. Um, but they got certified as the first carbon neutral school in Australia, which is a massive achievement for them. And right. that was, you know, that led to our first startup, um, which was Simply Carbon, and that sort of has grown from there. And then after Simply Carbon, you did another one, which I saw you do. Oh, yeah, so that was Rate My Space. That's right, Rate yeah. My Space. So these so, all sort of led... To Climate Collaborate in the end? Sort of. In different tra- – there was different yeah. – um, yeah, so Rate My Space, um, yeah, probably has uh, influenced a little bit, but it was more um, like the audit part of our tool was mm. really inspired by a two-year pilot program we did without an app. That was our MVP, our Minimal right. Viable Product, which is using Excel spreadsheets and Google Docs. And mm. it was actually through that process that – the um, schools were finding that they, when they were counting their fridges that they had an exorbitant number of fridges mm. or um, too many toilets um, that or like that they were being charged for on their water bills that, they, that didn't exist. So oh. that sort of inspired that. Oh. But, um, yeah, Rate My Space is, is sort of um, evolved into something else now. So Sam's really focusing on that. Her PhD was much more focused right. on sort of – So um, that continues. Um, yeah. So yeah. her company's now called Spaces Alive. Uh, ah. Right. I wonder what yeah. happened. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That makes mm. a lot of sense, actually. So you'd had a couple of startup experiences previously, which led you to Climate Clever. When you were deciding to found it, did you self-fund or did you raise from the word go? Oh, we've totally been bootstrapping from, from day one. In fact, I feel like we're still bootstrapping. Good for you. <laughs> we're bootstrapping all the time. Excellent. <laughs> I, yeah. That's I was, great. Go the bootstrap. Well, I was just, I was just sitting on a panel um, uh, for Ignition this week and there was about six of us on the panel and we were talking about our, our startup journeys and, um, and I was really proud about you know how much money we'd raised you know in two rounds and it was nothing compared to the other people in the right. you know, they'd yeah. been raising millions, Tom Young and, millions yeah, right, of dollars right. and we'd been raising sort of hundreds of thousands and um yeah. but but that's no, the, that's part of the bootstrap yeah. and, and and we've we've managed to really grow our, our whole business from that which I think demonstrates that it's you know financially sustainable we've got revenue coming in and it's that's I was going to ask actually how do you charge how, what, what's the revenue model so um it works differently depending on which platform you are but so it's a subscription based model it's a subscription based model. Mm-hmm. Model. So for schools, um, they have a subscription fee um, that's yearly. 
uh, based on the size of the school. So we have three tiers. Mm -hmm. uh, then for homes, um, that we have a yearly option and a monthly option. Obviously, you get a nice discount if you purchase a year subscription. Um, but we also partner with local councils. Um, so what that allows them to do is they pay us an annual fee, and it mm -hmm. allows them to give our home and school app out to their communities for half price. Um, and they can also subsidize it as well and give it away for free if they like to. So there's a lot of different options there. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually probably been one of our biggest uh, innovations in our, in our business model yeah. um, this year was because they once we partner with a council they then actually help to you know market it and out to the community yeah. Yeah. We, yeah we currently have eight apps in production and by the end You're of busy. the by the end of the year busy we'll CTO. have eleven yeah it's, oh my it's, goodness yeah, wow. so we're really bootstrapping and, that, and it's, yeah it's crazy how big's the team. We now have six full-time staff and right. four part-time staff, and we're in um, Fremantle and in Sydney. Yeah, and we have two regular contractors that also work with us as well. Fantastic. Yeah, and I should mention part of when we say we have that many uh, apps, we also launched um, another app called Bill Buddy, which is um, <laughs> thanks to um, a very generous Laurie West grant um, that we received last yeah. year with the consortium of not-for-profit organisations um, led by Rise. And they they actually pitched at a um, Impact Seed night back in 2018, and she saw that was when it was purely about schools. Um, and Justine uh, uh, Collier from Rise saw me and actually saw the you know the application um, for our app to low-income households to help mm. them reduce their utility bills. Oh, Justin's um, great. I actually sit on the board of Rise, so I know Justin really ah, well. Yeah. She is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah real really forward good. thinker. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, that, that we launched that last month uh, yeah. in, in August. It's um, like a year of development um, and now it's on It's a web app and there's also an Android app and an iOS app for it too. Wow. Um, so like because we right. have so many apps in production, it's also led to like and a small team and bootstrapping. Yeah. It's yeah. led to all this sort of like innovation inside our team. And we've actually got some like really unique and ahead of the times ways of developing uh, apps, which we're really excited about as well. Uh, so there's Almost you had to do that, right? Just yeah, to get we these had things no out. choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think the reality is for some startups, it, it could take six to 12 months to sort of develop up sort of one one good app and we've sort of mm. <laughs> had to... we are doing 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we whacked yeah. out three new ones in like four months, yeah. you know. So, yeah. yeah. So we're actually doing a few blogs and um, articles and talks about some of the tech as well. So right. it's pretty good fun. Selling to schools. I'm a, I'm a former teacher. Mm. I, I don't have a lot of money. So that would have been quite hard, selling it, to schools. It, Getting them to pay a subscription for an app Okay, yeah. unless they really sign on to right the educational benefits, obviously the climate benefits, maybe the cost cutting benefits of using mm. your app, right? Yeah, look, it's it's. I think in the future we're going to look back and go, wow, I can't believe we started with schools. It's the mm. yeah, target, it's target market to start with. But um, no, well, look, I think right from the start, the first pilot we did in 2016, 2017, um, where we, where it was that sort of low tech uh, version, um, I think I was almost surprised back then that schools were willing to pay. I mean, we, I think we charged six and a half thousand dollars um, in that first pilot, and yeah, there, there was demand. Mm. Like the schools were signing up. Um, I think uh, it's because there are multiple benefits. There is that right. education perspective, educational perspective. Um, there's the environmental. Um, impact, which a lot of schools, you know, sustainability is one of the three cross-curricular priorities. Um, so they're supposed to be implementing that in the schools. So I think mm. they, they're finding this is a really nice, um, cohesive way to implement sustainability in their mm. school. But then the no-brainer part of it is, yeah, they save money. Like on right. the 
Fight for Planet itself. It, it does. It yeah. does. Like this, yeah. more than pay this, for itself. This school that mm. was um, on Fight for Planet A on the TV show, yeah. um, they saved thirty uh, percent on their utility bills in four months. Um, so that saved them over oh, five thousand wow. dollars. And I'm sure Charlie, you can understand for a school, it doesn't sound like much, but for a school, mm. that could be their whole library budget for the year. So it's um, it is mm. significant, and I think that's probably the thing that you know um, pushes them over the edge in terms of wanting to join. Mm. Oh, wow. So it sounds like going forward, you've got so much potential on the horizon. But if we take it all the way back, can we go through your career? And I appreciate that you've both had really different paths to get to where you are today. Um, But I'd be really keen to dig in a little bit more about where you were born and raised and your path through school. Vanessa, did you want to start us off? Sure. So I'm actually a Melbourneian, a dirty virus. Yeah, we love Melbourne. Come on. Born and bred in uh, in the suburbs of Melbourne. Um, My undergrad degree was nature tourism. So I I actually moved up to Bendigo um, and it was a brilliant degree. I was basically hiking and canoeing and bushwalking for three years, um, learning about sustainability and the environment and climate change. Um, And then I actually, I went off to Europe for four years after that and lived in Berlin for a couple of years. I did my master's in Amsterdam, uh, which is environment and resource management, uh, specializing in energy studies, uh, wrote my thesis in Stockholm. So I I spent Hmm. a good amount of time in in Europe in really nice, um, I guess, sustainable cities as well. And then by the time I came back to Australia, I, I got offered to do my PhD in Perth. So um, I, I almost turned it down because I was oh, late twenties and I'm like, I just want a real job. I don't want to study anymore. But, right. uh, it was professor Peter Newman who yeah. was very convincing. And, and he said, you know, uh, it's a, it's a great opportunity if, you know, if you want to do admin and you know, that mm. kind of work, there'll be plenty <laughs> of that as well. Um, and so huh. he, he convinced me. Um, so I, yeah. So well, he's been a leader really yeah. back in the eighties in sustainable cities. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 And his name has come up a few times a in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And he's, he's helped so many people. I think through their journeys. Yeah, for sure. Before that at school, did you Mm. show entrepreneurial bent Mm. in charge of staff, leader, debating team, school captain? No, No. No. I was school sports captain. Right. (laughs) Um, I I don't know if if it was leadership or entrepreneurial skills so much as it was resilience and determination, which is obviously a big part of startup life. And Mm, um, I I felt like I was probably never the the smartest one in the class, which, and I think it's funny, even like having a PhD now, I still don't, you know, everyone feels imposter syndrome. I still don't feel, um, you know, that I'm that smart, but I think what, what the biggest part is, is just like getting through it. Like just mm. that determination of like, I must finish this. <laughs> <laughs> but like all, all through school and all through, you know, the uni degrees. Yeah. 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 And right. how does that compare to yourself, Alexander, and your experience growing up? And did you show Leadership How many PhDs potential? do you have? Yeah, take us back <laughs> through your story. How many PhDs do you have? I don't have any PhDs. Um, no, I, I, so I grew up in Lincoln back in England, um, which is kind of like really renowned for its farmers, I guess. Our, That's its, its thing. And yeah. and the cathedral, you know. Yes. The, Lovely. Uh, yes. Was the world's tallest building before the Empire State Building was built. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And very flat. Uh, except one big hill in the middle. We've okay. got this huge hill in the middle. How exciting. And we're very proud of it. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to be a musician. I had right. no, I didn't even, my degree, which is in audio and electronics, is nothing to do with programming. So I'm a self-taught programmer. Um, I started programming at uni on the side for a, a side project, uh, building some like uh, drum machines and musical instruments with it that you could interact with by touching the wall. 
Um, Did that have a bit of AI in it? Yeah, it had some AI, yeah. So then like for Mm. my thesis or final project at uni, I built this program that like composed piano music and like people had to tell the difference between my program and a real pianist. Yeah. And? Uh, 50% of the time it worked. Yeah. So what I did was like I analyzed. So this was before I even knew what machine learning was and machine learning wasn't even a thing back because it was like 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, you know, I fed it like all the popular songs, uh, Uh. from the, in, in MIDI format. Um, And just like got it to analyze what were the popular ah. notes and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was it was clever, and it could yeah. churn out some really cool tunes. Yeah, and, and some go, oh, really nice, some really terrible, terrible. tunes as well. Okay. You know, like uh, but yeah. yeah. So, so I never wanted yeah. it, even yeah. when I left uni, didn't want to do programming. Mm. Um, so I started working uh, doing audio and recording on the side as self-employed, right. and I had a side job. And I ended up coding at my side job because they realized yeah. I was good with computers. And that just slowly took over my life because right. it's where money came from. And being young, I was like, I need, I need to get paid, you know. Yeah. Uh, and what brought you all the way over to Perth? Oh, well, yeah. Um, so uh, I was originally married and um, to an Australian and um, she wanted to move back to Australia. So, you know, moved over here. Right, okay. Um, and, yeah, so th- that's what brought me here. Never been here before, but, oh, my God, it's beautiful here. Maybe you mentioned that you you had your uh, app development. Yeah, so I started <laughs> freelancing when I first moved here yeah. right? because you guys had such a shortage of developers. Probably still we do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we still do. Yeah. And mm. it was like really easy to just earn money and be self-employed. Like it was Great. shooting yeah. fish in a barrel. Why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I ended up working for an app development agency with uh, Stuart. With Stuart, Stuart Kidd, apps yeah. people. Oh. Yeah, for, I did that for about, for about two years. Um, and I remember coming across you there, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. and that was like, that was really full on because I went from working with one or two startups at a time right. to like working with like 20 startups at a time, you know, and right. I got exposed to all these other sides of the business. Um and it was a really great experience, but I got a little overwhelmed in the end. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so many work because when you're an agency, you work with so many people. Mm-hmm. So I had this nice cushy job lined up, and I was about to leave apps people, and I just and I left. Sold him. <laughs> and then Vanessa was like, <laughs> "Vanessa was like, don't go do that cushy job. Come work for me, the crazy startup." <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, you know, the pay's not great, but the work's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard Yay. of bootstrapping? Yeah. yeah. Come on so over. So I was kind of like, oh, the technical challenge um, yeah. of doing something like this would be really cool. But being inside a startup, yeah. right? Yeah. That was the attraction. Yeah, that was it. So, so, and also because I'd worked, because and Doctor Rowland, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, the doctor part, right? And the yeah. mission. How, yeah. How can you say no to that, right? So, uh, but also, um, you know. Uh, apps people built the MVP for Vanessa Rowland. So I had worked on the project before. So I had a base understanding of it. But mm-hmm. um, when when I, when we started together, like we just threw it all out because we'd learned all these lessons from the MB, MVP and mm-hmm. sort of rebuilt it from the ground up. And it's just been this crazy journey. And even now, I'm like, I can't believe I'm a programmer. Like, I can't believe that's my right. thing. I just wanted to play guitar and drums. But you do that as well? <laughs> yeah. On the side? Come on. Not, I do. You still keep it up. Yeah, Charlie No, does. programming has taken over my life. Okay. Like um, It's like one of those jobs where you always have to be learning. Yeah. Um, and I'm just there in the background. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like whipping. But like, you know, so 
that's kind of what I do in my spare time, learn new languages. Our blues band is looking for a new <laughs> bass guitar well, slash drummer. Yeah, we were talking so. about this just before. I was like, where am I going to find one? <laughs> Maybe you do need yeah. an extra. Well, I, I played curricula. drums for like 10 years, guitar for about five or Oh, six. you're in. You know, you, you could also probably just program you a drummer or something. Well, that's brilliant. Better. We could just sit and drink coffee. Yeah, that, that's it. You know, we'll just get AI to play the music and we can all go to the pub. So when did it start? When did uh, Climate Cover start? I think you yeah. started first, then Alex came on. And then yeah. Tell so, us the... Sure. So so as I mentioned before, um, it's the idea, the genesis for it was in 2012 when we certified yeah. the first carbon neutral school. Mm. Um, several years later, I had to finish my PhD and a few other things. Um, we did our... Um, our low-tech pilot, which was 2016, 2017 with 15 right. schools. Um, and that was, a, you know, the, we really followed the perfect startup journey. Like the, mm. we didn't have much money then. We actually self-funded in that we charged a, a, um, a fee for the program. And um, so it was it was funded that way. We also partnered with the, with the city of Fremantle. Um, and then at the end of that program, uh, there was enough, I guess, interest that um, we had more schools approaching us saying, can we join your low-carbon schools program? And at that point I thought, we can't scale this with Excel spreadsheets anymore. Right. We need to build an app. Um, so I launched Climate Clever at the end of 2017, started right. 2018. Mm -hmm. um, I, the journey was that I, I started out uh, with a freelancer. I, I, I got him to build the, the very the start product of, of the Climate Clever platform and that's when I was like, this is not working out, handballed it to apps people, um, said, ah. here's a ball of Yes. Can you sort of fix this? Fix this and that's where you met Alexander. Yeah, and, and I was yeah. like, uh, we right. need to launch in a sort of like a month and a half. Um, and it was at Christmas. It was at Christmas, good. like oh, two wow. weeks before Christmas. You're like, I need this ready for like the first week of February. <laughs> it sounds like Vanessa was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> and then you went, I've had enough of these crazy startups. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a few startups. I think that's the, the sort of like they've all got these crazy ideas and flicking between them can mm. be quite hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just want um, to immerse yourself in one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was it. That's yeah. kind of where the tech started was the yeah. end of mm. that. That's year. interesting. But, but the, oh, sorry. Can I just finish that mm. little story? So um, you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. No, we keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave it in. We're going to leave it in. So, so we launched um, Climate Clever officially in 2018. That was the first year of sort of our pilot of the app. And MVP. And then, yeah, yeah, it was the MVP. Um, and then it was in early 2019 that we actually got our first investment. So I, I was actually uh, full-time uh, at the university that whole time. Um, uh, it's, it really was a side hustle. Um, and then when the investors sort of uh, started snooping around and being interested, that was sort of when I – it was fortunate timing that Alex had just sort of mentioned that he was leaving and that he was going to another job. Um, and that was obviously a very desirable thing from an investor's point of view is having a, you know, a tech person on board as well. Gotcha. Um, so when we got the investment in early, in early 2019, um, part of that was that I had to leave the university and work full-time myself mm -hmm. in the startup. So that was, yeah, twenty mid-2019. That's, I suppose, when it started, started. Yeah. yeah. That's when it got, got serious. crazy. And that's when Alex decided we need to completely throw away that MVP and build it again from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we yeah. learned so many lessons from the MVP. Um, yeah. And it's just, I think you get to that point where you learn a lot and it's like, I really need to implement what I've learned in a fresh way and mm -hmm. a lot of that time that means throwing your MVP out <laughs> starting again. Which is fair and obviously so you both come from really different sides of the experience with the Perth startup scene as well obviously Climate Clever going fantastically but how do you what was your impression of the local fundraising and startup scene like in WA? It's very very hard I mean I've, I've pitched at a lot of events um, mm -hmm. I think particularly mm -hmm. for uh, we call ourselves a social enterprise um, and I think it's mm -hmm. um 
it's not a well-recognized space. Um, and yeah, totally. I mean, we, we end up, uh, our, our investors are based in Melbourne. Um, so nah, I think it's, it's not even from Perth, not even right, from no. Perth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've pitched at countless events here and I've, I found it very hard to, to raise money in, in Perth. I hope that changes. Um, I've actually just joined the board of WASEC, which is WA Social Enterprise Council, um, and we're trying to boost this sector, um, particularly like getting people like jo- uh, Justine and Rise mm. and the you know the Impact Collective and um, trying to raise awareness around the the opportunity for, for for social enterprise startups. Yeah, but I think there's the other issue is I mean, so many startups never get funding when they've got amazing ideas, but there's also this tech barrier as well, like because there's not mm. enough developers or technical co-founders, so people kind of with good ideas get led down the wrong path Mm. and so I I always think like there needs to be more sort of free advice around tech you know we need to give that out more freely as well so Mm. I try and help out with that like I have a lot of startups like ask me so how do you do this how do you do that um, because it's just really important to help everyone out, you know, and increase the community. That's great. It's actually a really interesting observation mm. as well, because I would say that that's probably one of the key things that we have with startups coming to Spacecubed as well. It's a CTO or mm. guidance of how to hire a good CTO, particularly if you're a non-technical founder. Yeah. So then how does that relate back, back to yourselves? Do you have mentors and advisors? It's great, Alex, Alexander, that you're rolling that on to other businesses, but do you have a group of people that you go to yourselves? Definitely. 100%, yeah. You can't survive without founders, um, I mean, without mentors and advisors. Um, we, we certainly have uh, a board that was part of the requirements of the investment that we got as well right. to establish a board. So that's um, a fantastic source of advice and uh, accountability and everything. Um, but also, um, so I saw that um, Sharon and Grant Grosser from mm. Sector have been on, on your podcast as yeah. well. So they're some, you know, two go-to people for me. Um, you know, they've obviously got an uh, ed tech um, business as well. So that's been really helpful. Um, uh, Alex has got some yeah, I've got friends. Some that <laughs> well, I, I follow a lot of tech people on Twitter, but that's like because they just give out advice like it's water. Yes. But I guess for me, it's the other side of the business that I always look for mentors around. So like mm-hmm. my biggest one is actually Tyler. Yeah, like he's just like, because he's always just so blunt and open with his uh, <laughs> We, we his love opinions. actually, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll often go out for dinner just to, you know, yeah. shoot ideas and stuff. And he he's very, yeah, straight down the line. But I love how he finishes every sentence, which is just take it with a grain of salt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like after he makes me cry inside, you know. Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I, nice. I think that's a really important um part of of startup life though is actually talking to your peers as well like there's so much we can learn from each other supporting each other right yeah absolutely because we're all going on the journey together Mm -hmm. you can you know talk about oh this is a you know f up i wouldn't do that again or you know yeah it's wonderful yeah and i think that they're the only other people who can really understand what what you're going through but speaking of uh what do you wish now that you'd known at the start speaking of having these eyes on it differently well i guess For me, there wouldn't be too much really because it is a continuous learning experience. I guess the thing that I would try and go back and help myself with is that everything doesn't need to be successful and like having a startup is like failing upwards and learning (laughs) to be okay with that, you know, like because it is a hard thing to come to terms with because when you see everyone else, it just looks like everyone's on this super successful journey. But that's just social media, right? Like it is failing upwards. That's literally what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alex and I were talking about this the other day actually and, and yeah, it is. It's it's just a journey. Like I don't think there's there's a – 
anything huge that I would tell myself either. Probably the, the one piece of advice that everyone talks about as well is making sure you've got a really good shareholders agreement <laughs> right from the start. Mm, um, I think that's, yeah, that is something critical that I would, I would, probably yep. do wish uh, I had in place for some of the early startups, but, um, mm. but no, I think, I think going on the journey and, and learning, you know, not yes. failing. <laughs> Being okay with failing. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or just throwing away what you did yesterday, the second you get to work the next day, you know, you just gotta be okay with that. <laughs> so we're about to go into a rapid quick fire round of questions, mm-hmm. but before that, how did you get on that ABC TV show? Cause that sounds yeah. like a massive rocket boost to you for an 18 month old startup. How did that come about? Was it the school? Um, yeah. No, actually, was it-, it was it was a fantastic little story. Um, it was one of our users. She was well, not even a user because it was before we launched the home app. Mm. Um, she was a potential um, user. She she wanted to get her school involved, um, and the the school hadn't signed up yet, but she knew of us, um, and she must have received an email from the Fight for Planet A crew as they were starting out the concept of right. this is what we're mm. going to be filming, and I think they had a call out for homes to participate in it, and she forwarded the email on to to me and said, hey, you guys should get in contact with these. Uh, with this film crew and see and tell them about Climate Clever, and that's what I did. And when I did mm. tell them about it, they were like, "Hey, this sounds like a yeah, we'd love to yeah. um, have you guys on the show." So it just sort of went from from there. But that's that's the power of the community mm. and the supporters that you have as well. Fantastic. That filming experience was was pretty full on. Scary. <laughs> Alex was in the background, so I, I was there being like um, all glamorous on camera and right. Alex is in the, in I the was in storeroom. A coding <laughs> while they were filming because they were like, now we need to look at this and I was having to like wipe the database and re-inject data and like change things in the UI on the fly for the whole recording Sorry, day. Vanessa puts you in a cupboard to code. <laughs> yeah, when we're, we're filming. Yeah. It's a live video. Okay. Yeah. Put you in your place. That's this it. is going to be on TV. Yeah, this guy. is where the CTO lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. But that's how it's been because we've been filmed on a few things. It's always like that. Like Vanessa's always just in the camera <laughs> flicking her hair while me and the other coders are like, quick, 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 quick. Doing the real work. On yeah. that note, you can check out the SciTech exhibition. Oh, you're also <laughs> in SciTech too. They've you? just launched a new exhibition called Earth Matters. So um, we'll be yeah, in there. Our school app is in there at the moment. Excellent. That's All awesome. right. Yeah, we'll check that out. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. But Rapid, let's quick, take it through. All right. First thing that pops into your mind can be one word or a short sentence, but what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Grit. Determination. I think that's the same thing. <laughs> I think I know the answer to this. Founder as solo or founder as team? Team. team. Yeah, <laughs> they said oh, it was, Yeah, we knew it was going to be that. Who should we interview next? Ooh, I think you should get Kate from She Codes on. Yeah, Kate Codes. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's awesome. That's I've a good been idea. mentoring there, and it's amazing what they're doing. Like it's mm. so empowering yeah. to and, watch. And Ben from Wide Open Ag. Done then. We've done Ben. Yes. Oh, I thought yeah. I looked through it. Oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. easy to interview. Yeah. Even though it was done remotely from Williams over Zoom, it actually was. He just came. He's just energetic, isn't he? Great. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. yeah, he's on the Waste Council. So go back, and it's about a few episodes, about five episodes back. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't. But it's good. Listeners. It means we're picking the right people. I like that, Charlie. And there's so many social enterprise, amazing, inspiring people out there as well. Yes. AI, like it or loathe it? Well, I like it. It's the people that I don't like, you know. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> controversial. Well, it's, it, you might have to explain that. <laughs> uh, so it's well, it's kind of like 
here's an analogy, you know, like a knife is great. It helps you cut your food up so you can eat it easier, but it can also be used to stab people, right? Nice. So it's uh, it's 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 who what you're using it for and who's implementing it that's the issue. Nice. That and, uh, and what they're doing it for. You're right. If you were at a bar, what would you guys be ordering? I'd be ordering a furfies and Alex um, would probably be ordering what, a cocktail? Yeah, I am a big tequila fan. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love okay. tequila. Tequila cocktails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What does self-care look like for you? Switching off at the end of the day. It's yes. so hard to do. Uh, playing yoga, not playing yoga, <laughs> doing yoga and playing video games. Definitely those two really help. Just not checking into com like the messages from the users coming through. <laughs> right, right, right. Having downtime. And what are you reading or listening to right now? I'm actually listening to a podcast, The Messy Middle by Scott Belsky, and that was actually one that Tyler put me onto. It's a podcast about the hard middle part of messing it all no the messy middle the messy middle, so the messy it's, middle. Okay. it's really about that middle time of a startup where no one talks the about messy like middle. this yeah and it's not the exciting oh. start not the wonderful finish yeah. the messy middle yeah. ah, it's by great. scott Def, by who? Um, scott belsky definitely what? recommend okay. people I'll listen or read it yeah i'm listening to the base cs podcast which is a uh, podcast about understanding all the concepts that go into a computer science degree for developers that didn't do it or just want to brush up on their skills. And base it's, CS. Yeah, base okay. CS. And it's really interesting because I'm self-taught. So getting to learn some of the stuff that I've never even come across is amazing. Okay. Well, thanks, oh, wow. Vanessa. Thanks, Alexander. And we want to wish you both and the Climate Clever team all the very best for the future. And I want to thank our sponsors. Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by support from Spacecube. Thanks, Carly. Spacecube. The New Industries Fund from Jitsi, Curtin University, they've come up today in discussion. City of Perth and RSM. We record this podcast at the Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite podcast platform so our latest episodes will wing their way automatically to your device. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Here's a review from Future VC. Fantastic. A great local startup resource. Well, thanks, Future VC. And thanks again, Vanessa and Alexander. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So here's a bonus extra couple of minutes. As we turned off, Vanessa suddenly said she raised some money during COVID. So we're going to hear that story. <laughs> Go. <laughs> so I think it's, it's just a... a, a Funny part of general startup life, that roller coaster up and down journey. So at the start of COVID, um, as we saw, schools all started to close down and um, that was our primary revenue source um, at the time. So we uh, we sort of entered dire straits for, for a small startup and mm. um, had to have the awkward conversation, as I'm sure a lot of businesses had with their staff about, you know, we've probably got a couple of weeks left yeah. of, you know. Um, we all reduced our salary. That's how we got a week. So this is March, April? Yeah, yeah. about March, April. And, so, yeah, so everyone, um, the, the team very generously took a, to, took a pay cut. Um, I stopped paying myself altogether. Um, and we, you know, really just tried to extend that um, runway. Um, mm. But I also, at the same time, went back to the investors to say, "Hey, we're about to launch a home app. This is quite good timing for COVID because all of a sudden everyone's, everyone's locked in their house. Home. Yeah, um, utility bills are rising, and you know, we've got this fantastic opportunity. People I didn't are looking mention for cost cutting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, Well, actually, I did mention that we had, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, taken a pay cut and stuff. But I didn't pitch the investment raise as a, we need more money, quick help. It was, hey, we've got this fantastic opportunity ahead of us. What do you reckon? Um, so we ended up. 
up raising another 200 grand during um, during okay. COVID. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's sort of since then, it's just been on this massive upward spiral. Then we've had a series of, um, you know, opportunities like the, the ABC TV series. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so from almost single rock bottom. bottom now so I think from your existing investors followed on. Yes, yeah. so they did a second okay. round. And mm. the idea is that we will probably do a, a series A, um, you know. Start of next year? Yeah, probably six months or so from now. Oh, sorry, um, well, I'm glad we rolled the tape. That's yeah. a yeah. scoop. You heard it here first. Well, because we, quick investors. Because yeah. <laughs> we doubled the engineering team with that investment. And, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then we were just like all day like, oh, well, crazy, we'll get the home app ready. And then we released it and like people just started jumping on. It was great. Which is fabulous as well. And it's a really clever way to take something that could be seen as being a, a, like a completely ending, like, like a lot a bad of businesses. You've absolutely mm. taken advantage of it, gone back to your investors and said, actually, we're going to seize an opportunity. And isn't that really what, what startups are, are all about? It's being able to flip it, take advantage and being that agile that you can put out an app at short notice. Congratulations. It's a fantastic mm. story. Thank you. We were very proud because we ha- we were talking. There's a lot of uh, well, podcasts podcasts and um, and events about what startups are doing during COVID as it was mm. such a dire time for everyone and, yeah. and everyone was talking about how investors were, you know, running away a million miles an hour. Yeah. And, and so, totally. yeah, we're very proud that we were able to, to do that during but COVID. But it was also thanks to, like, our amazing core team as well. Like, mm. it, we, couldn't, we couldn't do what we do without them and they are just a fantastic asset, each 100%. and every one of them. Mm, that's great. Well, that's a great story. I'm glad we got that in. Same. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All Thanks. the best. No problems. <laughs>